Hey, what's up guys? Just want to say right off the rip, really apologize. For some reason we did have technical difficulties and I just want to apologize for that. About six minutes of the podcast were cut short. Uh, just our intro, just to see how our weeks were going, as well as the beginning conversations of the new ship coming to game. We are going to get the tail end of this conversation, but you guys aren't going to be privy to what happened right there. It was on Twitch's end, just didn't record. So just want to say again, apologize, but we do have the rest of the podcast other than those six minutes. So please enjoy and sorry about that. We'll be back to our normal stuff next podcast, but enjoy guys. The, the, the ship seems good. I, I haven't really took a deep dive at it yet to see its full kit, but from everything that I heard, it, I guess it's a big time damage dealer. I know people were running it at low stars, replacing the MILF. Yep. So, so that, that seems interesting. I'm, I'm excited for what it's able to do. I'm a little bit more excited for what it possibly can mean as another capital ship. So we'll see. <laughs> yeah. So I think, and you can tell me if you agree with me or not, I think their intention with it, with all the anti-scoundrel wording is to get it to not work specifically with both Millennium Falcon and what's his face, um, Dash. So profundity is obviously coming like that has been all but announced you could even argue that it's been announced what it seems like to me what they're doing is they're trying to create a uber strong rebel faction with millennium falcon and dash and probably y-wing or something like that under profundity and still leave like a functional fleet for home one using the claw as well as maybe bigs and wedge or something like that do you think that's what they're going for I, I imagine that's what they're gonna do. They they want to make two viable teams. Obviously, their new their new capital ship is gonna be like their baby, yep. and they want that to be as good as possible. But at the same time, they don't want everybody from the rebel faction to go with that new capital ship. So I can totally see why they kind of make that separation. Which is kind of cool to see them doing that now because they assuming this is what they're doing. They've never done that before. Like Mace never got back up. Or like the no. two, the two Empire fleets, like what when Thrawn first came out, Tarkin didn't get a, a get back up either. Like this is this is very new for them, and it's it's kind of cool and all, arguably necessary with the amount of fleets we need now. It lets the you know the Rebel fanatics get two decent fleets. So I I won't have it for a minute, but I am pretty excited for it. No, I'm the same way. It's going to take a while. It always takes me a while to get like new fleets up and running but I'm, I'm excited for it just another tool that we can add to our bag especially in gac and it's, even in tw too we need as much help as we can get to get through some of these capital ships at times oh well, that's a good point too because a lot of the times we don't we don't need new capital ships we need fighters so even maybe without profundity there is gonna be some use for this i don't know about the stretch or not yeah no possibly but it also gives me hope that maybe they go back and address Mace and they address one of the Empire fleets, depending on which one they choose. Hopefully, we have them in-game. They just don't, like you said, they don't have the fighters to really facilitate them. So hopefully, that by them doing this, it shows that maybe they'll go back. I doubt it, but it's possible. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we get the Bad Bat ship and just everywhere written in it, just kind of like the, the Ravenclaw, it's just written, does not work with Jedi, does not work with Jedi, does not work with Jedi, to try to push, like, some weird, like, only clone fleet under Mace or something like that. No, that that would be cool. As long as he gets something right now. He's, like, 
he just gets pushed to the side because where even the Empire fleet, depending on which one you place on defense, which one you use for offense, you could still use Thrawn as long as you have like tanky ships. Whereas Mace, it's it's really, really hard for to find him a spot in game. Oh yeah, Thr- Thrawn is my cleanup fleet. He gets thrown in with Sith Bomber and Clone Sergeant and Ty Reaper, specifically like you said, just to go in and annihilate pick off ships while the tanks really hold the ground. And it he's worked multiple times. I mean, not against he's not taking out whole fleets, but he's cleaning up. He's doing all right. Yeah, no, definitely. I I cause I don't really run that myself, but I can definitely see that as a viable option. But okay, so we had with the claw, we have conquest, and then I think the last kind of piece of news we have is the Amisage. And I've I've made a video on this now. Uh, what are your thoughts? Um, it's all right. That, that that's the best thing I could say for it. It's all right. It's not super game changing to where I'm like, okay, I'm sorry, SOKR, you're gonna have to find a new team. I need my night sisters back. If I'm not running that, then I could see possibly using it, but it's nothing that's going to tilt you over the edge that it's like, I have to apply this like a Wampa Omicron, a Zam or, or something like that. I do have a question for you, Tilo. Uh-huh. What do your night sisters look like right now? My DACA <laughs> is thick. My, my DACA is thick. Um, no, I actually got most of them at Relics. My Asajj oh, at really? Relics. Yeah, from, from the gas event. And um, Daka, of course, is at Relics because that's a must. I think she's like R5. Asajj is like R3. And then um, my Talzin is actually R5 too. I did that a long, long time ago when I used to run Night Sisters exclusively to take out like GG and uh, to take out some other squads too. The only ones that are G12 still are Spirit because I can get away with having her low gear. And at the time, it was kind of it was kind of good to have somebody on the team low gear. Yeah. Because you wanted them to die so Docker can really ramp up. And then I would have my um, zombie at G12 too, just to keep them a little bit squishy, but at the same time, be able to take a couple hits. Okay. So, yeah, I, I was try- totally going to try to, like, gear shame you here. And... <laughs> I, I wouldn't even mention where mine are at because they are significantly lower than where yours are at. <laughs> okay. Coming over here and trying to catch me slipping. I'm just playing. Yeah, I did, that, did not, that did not work out for me. But yeah, I, I hold the same position you do about the Omisage. So the the big factor, and you already said it, is the fact that I can't I cannot afford to take away Daka and Zombie from SLKR. That is a counter that I probably use eight out of nine rounds this last month, and especially with uh, how little how little Datacron help Lord Vader needs to be a viable team, or to, to really cut out Fennec, let's say, I'm probably going to have to rely on it for a while. So that's the big thing. And honestly, too, I don't think it changes Night Sisters' viability a ton. It, it does change it a little. There are definitely a lot of fights that are going to be a lot easier now. But I don't think it's going to open up a whole slew of counters. Just because, like, the fundamental thing with Night Sister still hasn't changed. They have no way to deal with a bunch of unresistible debuffs. They can't really backtrack against teams that get in front of them, similar to, like, how maybe Grievous or CLS or something like that could. If, if you can start killing them, they just kind of go. And they still have no way around anti-revive things, like with uh, the, the Bounty Hunters or... I guess Imperial Troopers have Deathmark. There's another one I was thinking of. Bam. Yeah, so, like, there's just a bunch of stuff that they didn't stop 
the opponents before and it's not the omicron doesn't change those same factors so it's good but it's not i'm not gonna be putting it on at least not now yeah no i'm 100 percent with you i i feel like it moves the needle up but it's not enough for me to really invest in it um i think gg it might help a little bit oh yeah it definitely just because will. just because of all everybody's dying and it's it's just gonna help a team overall but other than that it's not really going to help that much. Even with GG, how many times have you seen GG on defense in GAC? Oh, okay, so our, at our level, it's not often at all. Um, I imagine if you're mid, because mid game, I don't know how many people are actually doing this. I'm not a mid game player, but Nice Sisters are super accessible, both in shards and in gear. They are really easy to get up. Maybe not until you know high relics or something like that, but they're really easy to get all the way up to gear twelve. So maybe this is valuable for someone in there because the nice thing about it against Grievous and against some other squads too is lowering max health does more than just kill the other team's survivability. Grievous is going to lose damage, which is a really funny mechanic, Uh, but he's going to lose damage. Vandor is going to lose. He's going to lose the amount of, I think he, he draws from that as well. First order executioner. There's a lot of teams that survive on health or, Right on health and not just for survivability. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. It's going to be nasty there. I, I maybe it's like you're saying, like what you're saying. I didn't really process that. Uh, it's going to be more helpful in the mid game. Maybe you categorize categorize this day or I was going to say Datacron Omicron more as a Phasma, where Phasma is probably more useful in the mid game. You put this around the same level. Yeah, uh, I think it's very so much Akbar Chirpa, and that that's not an insult yeah. to those. Those are those have the right, depending on where you're at. But, yep. Yeah, that, definitely. That does bring us to how we did this last season. Um, so let's go ahead and get that going on now. Not great. Too, Hi, this is B1, and here's no. T-Low and Calvin with their brand <laughs> or an experience this week. Right. Hopefully, they didn't suck. Roger, Roger. All right, Tilo. So that being said, how did you do? How was your first match? We don't we don't need to know everything quite yet, but how was your first match this last week? Um, the first match, it, it, it was cool. We started off. We didn't even start off. I'm, I'm messing up really bad lately. I've been just trying to do stuff just to do stuff. And um, again, I went in there with my mall Mandalorians against SOKR. We we did pretty good. We got to just SLKR, and uh, he got ultimate. So the way the counter works, it, I have to kill him before he gets ultimate, which is most of the time easy. It just depends on how fast their SLKR is. His was pretty fast, and he got us. I probably should have went all in the turn before, but I wanted to play a little more conservative, and <laughs> I got wrecked, which kind of sucks. Um, and, and that basically just... Threw off my whole match. I, I could have went in there with GLs versus GLs and got through. It's just I wanted to be cute, and <laughs> being cute did not work out in this battle. We actually absolutely got destroyed. I couldn't get past this JMK in the bottom zone. And uh, and yeah, we, we just cleared two zones. We cleared the bottom rest of the teams, but my opponent cleared three zones. So he couldn't clear my back zone. I think it was Star Killer again. And um and yeah, but but the good thing about this one, which was really cool, his name was Caps. Caps um, actually hit me up on what did he hit me up on on the game actually. 
and he let me know that he watched the stream on YouTube. So he got to see his defense and stuff, which was cool. It was a cool little added bonus to losing, I guess, which which made for a cool conversation. Yeah, it's you can get some insight that you can not necessarily get from the the GAC report. Like sometimes a, a counter they end with sixty five banners, but there was a moment halfway through where they almost you know got blown up. Yeah, he said my defense was annoying, so I'll, I'll take that as a win. <laughs> It is kind of weird that that's a compliment, but I follow you. Yeah. <laughs> and what about you? How'd your round one go? So we had lost enough that we actually, for the first time in months, got matched up against someone who didn't have all six Galactic Legends. He was missing Ray, very much mm-hmm. like me. So I was like, okay, this is kind of equal footing. Um, so I kind of just did my normal strategy, though. I think I placed three or four Galactic Legends and Starkiller on defense. And I don't think he did the same. I think he only placed two. But he struggled, if I remember correctly, pretty hard to get through our, our front wall. I think he drops on almost all the teams. And then he 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 could only clear one zone. Like, he he really struggled. We we did have the mod advantage on him, too. So that was definitely in our favor. And he didn't have a Galactic Legend Ray to make up for it. You know, same as we didn't. And we, we kind of pummeled him. If I remember correctly, we... I know we full cleared, and I think we were very close to one-shotting, if not one-shotting. So, just like a really, I guess kind of a good morale booster almost, too. Just because we didn't beat him by a little. We beat him by a lot. Like, it, it was a very, very big margin. And I he was legitimately trying. Like, there were a lot of there were a lot of failed battles that went in. Or at least he was testing something. I'm not entirely sure. But uh, we were able to start ours off with a, with a 1-0, which is important. Because if I don't go 3 and 0 this week. I come out of this week with a or this month, sorry, this entire season um I come out with a losing record. Uh so that's and that's never ever happened for me before ever. Not like in the last 3 or 4 years or how long GAC's been around. I've never gone through an entire season on a negative, but anyways, Tila, how was your second round? Uh second round was I, I changed my strategy a little bit for this guy just because he did have he went heavy on defense. So I put all my heavy hitters in the front zone and he did what he normally did. I go in there and it was just an ugly battle for me. I completely messed up. Um played this one a little bit wrong too, and my opponent just got a little bit more banners than me. I forget exactly the amount that he got, but it was just enough to get him the win. And I lost again, which which felt really really bad. But it, but again, it was totally on me. I probably should have scouted him a little bit more than what I usually do or what I've been doing for the last couple rounds. And um, I just got to plan better. <laughs> Don't take dumb risks. Well, okay, so you kind of had mentioned the Maul and SKR one in the last battle. Um, yeah. Was there a specific thing that happened in this one as well, where you were like, "This is let's fi- see if this works," and then it just blows up on you? Um, I've been doing this a lot. Like, I don't know what is what's wrong with me. It's either Maul versus SOKR, or or I know what I should go against, but I but I end up taking something. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me right now. I I've, I've been failing really hard at GAC. Like, I I just feel like I should play it a little bit more safe and a little bit more efficiency than what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to outplay or out bully guys with bigger rosters than me and I, I can't do that they got an extra gl than me there's no way i'm gonna put more stuff on defense than what they have 
Because if they go full efficiency, they're just going to run me over. And I'm playing a dirty game and ugly banners. It, it's just not going to work out. I have to wait till I get a wait till I get Lord Vader and then possibly go back to the play style that I like. But in the meantime, I need I need to play more of an efficient game. Yeah, I hear that a lot. And I mean, that's that's definitely changed how I do things as well. Because in the old matchmaking, I was almost always in a position where I could efficiency someone. Like, almost always. I, did, I almost never needed to set a really hard defense unless someone was going full paper. Um, but ever since the matchmaking changed, and I know... I think executor honestly changed as well. Not even th- not even the three map, um, the three style with three fleets or whatever. But ever since executor came into the game, I I rely on two shots now, and that's just the nature of my roster right now. Before I, until I get echelon up and running, actually I'll, I would need Biston too. Um, but without those two, I'm already forced into burners. And that already counts me out of the efficiency match. So I have to, like you, I'm having to try to go these hard defenses and the, against some of these rosters that have very large advantages, it's just not working out. And that was, that's really actually what happened with my, my second opponent. So my second opponent was a really good player. I do not want to take that away from him, but he also did have just a lot of stuff on me in pretty much every single category. He had 300 more relic levels than me. He did have galactic legend Ray Uh, And he had a really good defensive setup. And one of the things that was really brutal is he had the Ray Datacron with the turn meter and the super ult. So she was going to do, you know, 400 damage on her ult more than normal. So what was going to end up, I I tried to run as many scenarios in my head as I could as to how we could beat him trying to full clear him. And every single, and I kind of regret this. I kind of wish I would have back and taken this up. Every single solution that I had, it was going to involve five risky counters. Like the my solution for their for the, that ray was going to be Esselcare with Separatists, which I don't know if you've ever run that, but Esselcare pretty much gets to his ult every single turn uh, because B1, B2, Grievous, and GBA are constantly doing AOEs, and so you can pretty much have damage removed every single time Ray gets to her ult, and then. Uh, but if I use GG there, that would have pushed me into using Troopers Watt versus his Star Killer because I wouldn't have Grooves for that. And if I use Watt there, I now have to use JML versus Lord Vader. And the Lord Vader was had a Datacron that was for Inquisitors, and he usually placed Ninth Sister there. And it also had the cooldown refresh from like I'm going to be constantly day. So basically, what it was, if I was going to try to actually take him at full, full clear him and have him full cleared me and win the efficiency match. I was going to have to do like five super risky battles. Uh, so instead of that, I went against my normal play style and I just placed f- my four best GLs on my bottom wall. Uh, I put Lord Vader with Maul, which I've never done. Star, um, SLKR, JMK cat with level nine Datacron, as well as who was the last one? C with Malak. Uh, pl- placed all those teams down. And I was going to like, all right, let's play the half board. And he put his JMK level 9 Datacron up top. We used JM on it, beat it. We even got through his executor with our Rebels burner mechanic. So I'm like, okay, we have a shot now. We were able to clear half the board. If he, As long as he can't break through those four Galactic Legends, we're fine. And I think he only had three Galactic Legends of his own. And we were able to stop most. I thought we were going to be able to stop most of the off metas with our Datacrons. And the dude just blew through us. Uh, he, he almost one-shot entirely our bottom wall. And that was game right there. As soon as he was able to get to the back wall, he was going to be able to get three zones and getting three zones. He was going to win. And I even had some decent teams up top too. I had gas and star killer up there, but he, 
yeah, he, he he beat through it. He, he even beat ships. He didn't even need to, but he did. So that that one kind of that one kind of sucked. Just because I I saw like my my best solution. I made a plan. I executed it, and then still just lost miserably. So, um, and that and the low blow for that one too was that put me into the negative for the season. Even if I win my third match, I'm gonna go at best four and five. So that was a nice little blow to my ego, which I probably needed, but it it was a good match. I. I really can't say that about any of the nine matches this season. All of them were good. Like, they all... None of them were just complete blunders on my part. They were all good matches, so... How was your how was your third and final match? And this is the... All of my matches, I, I felt like I could have won. But especially this one. So so we went 0-3 this week, which was... It's just sad. Like, I, I'm... I felt a little depressed when I got off work. I, I, I opened up my phone. I'm like uh, thinking that I won this one. And I look and I'm like, oh, I lost my eight batters. I was like, what the heck? I didn't think you were going to get past the front wall. Uh, this guy played a really just weird game. Um, did a lot of weird stuff on ships. Uh, even with Datacrons too, a lot of the stuff wasn't matching. And he still managed to efficiency me. He one-shot pretty much everything. He dropped one battle, I think. And... Um, it, it, he just did really good, so kudos to him. I totally thought I had this one in the bag, and overconfidence was my my weakness on this one. I thought I could play around a little bit with this guy, but that ended up not being the case. If I would have just been a little bit more efficient and um, not w- dropped one battle, I think I tried something on Troopers where I dropped, I think it was Mandalorians versus Troopers, and I, I just shouldn't have did that. I should have went with my original plan, and we he ended up with the loss of eight matters. Wait, you so. used, used Mandalorians versus his troopers? Yeah, I don't know what I was thinking. Well, no, no, no. I, I'm sorry. I, that was that sounded very judgmental. Um, <laughs> I didn't troopers or Veer's troopers. Veer's troopers. He put Veer's troopers on I, that, defense. Okay, that that's where my judgmentalness was coming from. He put Veer's on defense. That's that's interesting. Yes. I guess that's the motivation to get Radis up and get the Omicron on him. Yeah, but I had an easy answer for it i forgot what i used uh to take it out oh i think i used i did against it to beat it oh that makes and sense yeah that makes sense a lot actually i, sh- I should have just did that for the jump but i didn't get to stream this one i was doing this in bed and i don't know got a little just, too just comfortable. this whole week yeah I, f- I felt like i was i had the dub in the bag i was like you know what even though we lost the other two and i got this one for sure and of course i get off work I look at my phone, and I was like, depression. <laughs> I, there's, not, there's nothing worse to getting off work or just waking up and seeing them beat you like, like seven banners. Like, gosh darn it. <laughs> now, and, I to, and, and, now I have to go like do things on top of this. And the worst thing is, too, I totally thought I was going to win. I started spending crystals that I didn't have because oh, I knew shoot. they were coming. And so when I get the loss, I'm like, oh. So now we're really down in crystals. I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking on this one. Not good. That's all right. So you, you, I don't want to make you repeat it, but you went 0 and 3 this week then? 0 and freaking 3, man. So what, okay, so what, what was your final score for the, for the month out of the nine? Oh, uh, I think it's three. I only won three. Three and six. That's so, that's so bad, dude. Oh my goodness. All right, we need some adjustments. 
we need a timeout. We need to come out of the half 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 time and um, and start doing stuff differently because can't can't my crystal income cannot handle this. <laughs> so I have a theory, and maybe this is just me being dumb and thinking that we're so. I, without, I guess I can get to mine first, and then I can go on this tangent. Um, yeah. So my 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 last matchup went honestly went really stinking well. We made a specific plan for this guy. Uh, we went in and we 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 did really well. We one shot his entire ground. Uh, we only had to drop a battle on the burner versus executor, so we finished with a ninth uh, seventeen ninety two, which is pretty good, especially considering he left a decent defense. He left um, three Galactic Legends and Star Killer, so we we did okay. I think we were able to beat that with only two Galactic Legends, and then he came in and he struggled hard. He took six battles to get through my CLS. I want to see what that was. I don't even have a data crown on those guys. Um, and I... He couldn't get through JNK in the back wall. He lost to Mon Mothma. And then he also... He had to use four fleets, which I'm imagining there was a burner somewhere in there. But he had to use four fleets to beat my Tarkin. Um... Yeah, I don't know what he used. <laughs> That's what he I used. felt like you had to be using burners somewhere in here, I'm guessing. Um, because I'm pretty sure that's how many, how many capital ships do we have in game Tila? Do you know if it, off, the, off the top of your head? We could break it down. You got Mace, you have Negotiator, Malevolence, Tarkin, Thrawn, uh, GG. You have the First Order, Hodo, and that's it, right? Executor. So what? Oh, an Executor. So nine. So he literally used every single fleet he had then. Because he left, you know, three on defense, he beat the other two, so that's five, and then he used four on Tarkin. So he used he used all nine of his capital ships. But he got through it, so, every... you know. Oh, man, that's expensive to use that much uh, burner fleets, or fleets. Uh, yeah, but he got he got through it, but at the end of the day, you know, even, even if JMK hadn't held, um, he would have lost quite a bit on efficiency, because I think he dropped nine battles to R1 or something like that. So... Went two and one this week, and my my final score for this week was four and five as well. Um, and I have, I, f I feel like this is this is just gonna come off that I that I think that we're better than we really are. Maybe that's true, but I what I don't want to happen is for us to consistently climb really high in threes because we care. Um, and I, I know a lot of people just kind of don't care about threes, and then first just get the tar beaten up out of us every single fives. Because I have a, I have a slight feeling that might be what happened, but I, I probably can actually confirm that after you know maybe six seasons or something like that, where we actually have more data. I don't know. I, I, I it's just on me when, when all these losses is just it's simply just been on me. I can't even blame anybody else. I can't even blame my opponents. Like this is just my choices and I've just been messed up. I feel like I should be able to compete with these guys. My mods are on point. Um, the characters I want, obviously I'm down a GL, but that that's no excuse. Like I can off meta and make things a little bit easier for me. I'm just doing, I'm trying stuff to out of my comfort zone where I shouldn't, I should just be a little bit more rigid on what I'm able to do and stick to the game plan instead of having a little flash on it. <laughs> it's messed me up. No, okay. There, I, I do have room for improvement as well. There were, there were definitely some things. I don't, I don't know how much I could have actually changed though, because had I beaten, you know, one of the two guys that I probably had a chance against, 
I don't know if I'd just gotten to get someone harder later on, you know, like it, I don't know if that was a guarantee that I would have actually gone four, five and four or six and three. I might've just, might've just beaten the guy that I barely lost to just to get a guy who was going to pummel me next. So it is what it is. Um, we'll try harder next season and it is three V three next time. I'm going to have Malgus right out the gate. I didn't have Starkiller right out the gate. So this, it should, it, I, I'm hopeful. It should be good. Yeah, and, and you know what I'm going to do for this one? I'm going to look back at my history before 3v3 starts. So I'm going to write some notes, too. And I'm going to keep track of the stuff that I did, stuff that I did it. A lot of the times I feel like because there's a season in between that I fall into the same traps that I did the previous round. And I don't realize it <laughs> until after the round is done. And I'm like, you dummy. You did this last season or a couple seasons ago. So hopefully it'll help, but we'll see. Yeah, that, that's that's good YouTube video stuff too as well dude um i i actually have a plan to do that sometime but before the next three or three season starts uh i mean it's good for i was gonna do it anyways but i think it's just useful content to look at maybe like the five or ten things that i messed up or that i had an impression about going into into last season that i was just wrong about and that i could, I could look to improve um but you know you do you <laughs> no 100 <laughs> percent. all right that being said let's move on to leg day let us talk like day. Important it is. How do you think I jump so high at my age? All right, as always, we know everyone likes to kind of skip out on leg day and not do the work they want to do. Speak for myself here. So, Tilo, what what were you doing, though? What what was your leg day? What, what are you prepping for? What's going to come around the corner? My, my legs are really, really skinny right now because I don't have a lot of stuff that I did um, with them um i'm basically still doing the same thing lord vader lord vader is four characters away i just have tarkin i have newt and i have embo and the tuscan raider so the tuscan raider embo and embo that's gonna be fast it's only r5 uh dooku is r6 i'm just waiting for tomorrow it's possible that i can get him to r7 and then we're gonna jump right into newt try to get him to r7 so the way I'm thinking that everything's going to set up is I'm going to get Malgus first, get Malgus up, and then in between getting Malgus's gear, I'm going to have did the relic requirements and start farming shards for Lord Vader. So I'm hopefully everything will line up to where I'm able to get Malgus before I get uh, Vader unlocked, and then I can focus all my attention there. I think you should be good because you've got you've still got four characters to go, and then it'll take you know a week or two or whatever to actually unlock him. So that that should line up right. Yeah, hopefully. So we'll see. Yeah, I. And... Sorry. No, I was gonna say you. Yeah, so this I actually did things this week. I got I you know got out the the tape measure and everything. I made sure I had enough gear left for for Malgus, and I took Fennec all the way up to R7. She was staying at gear 11. She's R7 now. Her mods are in the process of being... I've got the mods I went on her, but I still need to take them all to 6E. Some of them are going to go higher than 6E. Just to get, I want to get her to a certain offensive benchmark. She's really close already, and I still have to slice two more mods. So that was that was a, probably the biggest thing I did. I also just kind of took up the rest of uh, Resistance as far as I could without using the Malgus gear. And I'm I'm like you, so you're down to four, I'm down to six. I need pretty much all the pilots. Haldo, Rose, Trooper, Pilot, um, 
called the Rose Trooper pilot. Poe. Who's the last one? Finn? OG Finn? Now I've got I did OG Finn because he's used for 3v3. There's one more character I'm missing. It's escaping me who it is. Anyways, I have six more characters. And then but I'll be ready. But a lot of them, most of them are gear eleven now. I I'm waiting on eyeballs and, and carbontes, you know, to mix things up a little bit. But other thing that I'm looking at doing that I might do before next 3v3 is taking SLK to R8. Just because He's so useful in threes. Like he was my strongest geode, especially with the the Ray Datacron for threes. I think I might need that extra boost from the survivability gets from relic levels to be able to survive one of her ults when I have buddies around. So I'm very heavily considering that. If I can I will probably pull the trigger on it if I can get all of my relic resources squared away from Malgus before he hits. No, that's a good one right there. That that's something that I'm planning on doing myself. It's just going to depend on where we end up having to take Malgus to. That that's what I'm worried about. Is he going to be like a hard line where you need him to be R9, or can you get away with an R7 or an R8? Just depends. So we'll probably know like a week after he comes out. But that's what I'm scared of <laughs> because I'm going to be super relic broke between getting the requirements and getting both of these guys. I'm I'm leaning towards and maybe you know just what I think. Um, maybe I'm just leaning into what I only want to do. But he honestly looks like a defensive team to me, from what I've seen yeah. in his kit and from what I've theory crafted. And I'm not a theory crafter. It looks like the two GLs he's just gonna beat the tar out of are gonna be Jedi Master Luke and C, and those are the two least GLs that we see on defense. So. Yeah. What I mean by that is he's going to end up on defense, and typically, relic levels on defense are much less essential is probably the right word than they are on offense. Like, J JML versus JMK. JML needs R9. You can feel that difference. Or like Lord Vader, R8 instead of R7 versus Esokara. You can see the difference in that. Defensive teams, like... Hey, I don't know. Like the the relic margins, the margins don't seem to be that large because a lot of those it, it kind of depends on what the AI even wants to do. So, I think he'll be R seven because for me he's probably just going to be in a defense team. Yeah, probably for me too. But the only thing with him is he's got some some synergy with uh, relic uh, mastery. Yeah, with mastery does so. So, so the same thing with Lord Vader too. You want to have the highest relics on possible on his team, his team, even if you're going to put it on defense. I wonder if he's going to be very similar to Lord Vader, where you want the team around him to be reliced up too. So, th does that mean? Like, I know we talked about this, I believe, last yeah. week too. Do I do I have to take my Revan up? Do I have to take my Basila up? Thank goodness my Malik is already up. But it, am I going to have to invest relic levels where I'm not planning on investing relic levels right now? And that's gonna suck. Yeah, I, I imagine they'll be they'll be okayish at R five. I think really, if anyone is gonna need high relics, it's gonna be Malgus himself. Yeah, but I mean, we'll, we we only got two more weeks to pitter patter about it. We're gonna find out real quick. Yeah, no, that's true. I'm I'm excited though. I'm excited for him. All right, Tilo. That now brings us to whose kit is it anyways? Are you ready for this? <laughs> not really but let's go <laughs> <laughs> well actually i guess I should, I should ask myself if i'm ready for this because i'm going to be receiving the question first oh so one announcement before we do get into this so 
as always, we're going to play our game, Whose Kid Is It Anyways, where Tilo and I will each read the definition of an ability, and the other one will have to try to guess it. If they don't get it the first time, they'll have a second chance after hearing the faction. And everyone in the Twitch stream typically plays along, and I think a lot of people play along as well uh, in the podcast. But now there is a much more active way that you can play along. If you go into the Discord server, there is going to be there's going to be a new channel titled Whose Kit Is It Anyway Scoreboard. And what's going to happen in there is I'm going to post today's date, and it's actually explained in the Discord, so if you want to read it, it's there. Um, I'm going to post the date, and then you're going to tell us how many points you guys got as well, and you have an opportunity to get up to five points. Again, it's all explained in there, so I won't pay too, or I won't put too much time into it right now. And then whoever is the who wins at the end of our season, which is going to be about three months, you're going to get a special tag that of you know of your choosing that will give you for for being the most knowledgeable or whatever and it is honor system so you know don't cheat we all know how that works hey yeah me and tila have been playing honor, honor system for a long time now but i will leave a um i'll leave a discord uh link in the twitch chat it should be open as well in the podcast so that being said i'm gonna close my chat now i'm gonna close my phone tilo hit me with your best shot all right, let's do this. And I've been really playing Daughter System because I've been sucking the last couple of weeks. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yep. All right. Deal special damage to target enemy with a 75% chance to inflict ability block for one turn. If the enemy has target lock, the ability block can't be resisted. Oh, okay. That's weird. All right, I've got someone in mind. All right, so target lock and ability block. Target lock helps a lot. I, I was really worried that you were going to be like, oh, it just does, um, it just ability blocks. I'm like, crap, that's like 10 characters in game. That doesn't narrow down, <laughs> at, or not even 10, it's like 30 characters in game. That doesn't narrow it down at all. Uh, but target lock does narrow it down because. Bad Batch don't have any ability blocks, so it's I can pretty much immediately count them out. Um, so it's got to be a droid. And there are... Oh. Oh, I know who it is. It was not who I was thinking it was. I I, I think I've got it. Um, it's special damage, right? It is... Let me answer. My phone turned off. Yes, special damage. Alright, so this is, this is T3, right? Gosh, darn it. I don't like playing this with you, Calvin. <laughs> Sorry, Tila. I was like, oh, man, this is a good one. Um, okay, and I was going to ask, we don't say it in chat too, correct? Uh, they, they can say it in chat. Like, that's... No, uh, they say it in chat, but I, I don't confirm it in chat, right? I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. Yeah, you, you want to give it uh, until I say it. I, I never do, at least. Okay. Okay, for sure. <laughs> yeah no so yeah, so i had i had um ig ig88 in my head actually because i think he i don't think he, he doesn't have this ability but he has both ability blocks and target locks my mind went straight to him um but i'm, I'm glad i thought about it for a second longer because i was trying to remember i had specifically i just made a video on all the characters that deal special damage or all the teams that do for the for the new datacron and IG wasn't in there because Fennec's the only bounty hunter. So I'm like, okay, so that 
And then I eventually end up on T3 because that's a pain in the butt when you would Xylo solo. <laughs> if you would Xylo solo the Karth teams and they would ability block you, it would really hose you sometimes. Yeah, no, it's good. And especially with T3, I know I know you got T3 up now. I worked on T3 last week, so I thought it was going to be fun to kind of throw a droid in there. It, it was fun for me, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, not for me. Oh, not Rath... <laughs> do Jawa... Rathtars is a funny thing in here. Jawas don't have target lock synergy, do they? Is that a thing? I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, they have droid synergy. They may be scavenger. I don't know. I don't know. Anyways... All right, Taylor, you ready to... Uh, I, I need to pull my up. Anyway, so you got a minute here. You ready to cover up your game? Or cover yeah, everything's already covered. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> and it froze. This is going to take a slight extra minute. But yeah, so I need to... I need to actually go ahead and post the date in the Discord server. That way people can already start adding up their points before they forget. At least those who are live. The people, the people who are listening to this podcast will have a minute. Or I guess a whole day, in fact... Uh, make sure we got everyone in here. I like seeing the guesses, though. Yeah, the guesses are always fun. Yeah, Prime did confirm everyone's suspicion, though. It is not Gar Saxon. So. <laughs> That's important. Yeah, it's it's very important. All right. Games loading up will be there in a second. Yeah, man. Target lock wasn't a thing in squads when Jawas were made. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because uh, target lock was primarily it was primarily a ship thing there for a while. It took them a while to actually move around to using it like as the what tied all the droids together. All right. Um. Not you. <laughs> oh man we'll see how i do this week hopefully hopefully i do better that way canuck doesn't make fun of me again <laughs> <laughs> i don't i don't know how much is actually going to stop canuck from from making fun of either of us just just a heads up um there we go all right you ready yeah let's do it Deal physical damage to target enemy and dispel all buffs on them with a 50% chance of inflicting speed down for two turns. This ability's cooldown is reduced by two if the target is suffering any negative status effects. That's pretty specific. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this is the same one you asked me a couple weeks ago. Um, I think it was like Ray. I hope it isn't. But I don't, it's not though. I'm pretty sure. Can you say it one more time? Yeah, so it does quite a few very specific things. Deal physical damage to target enemy and dispel all buffs on them with a 50% chance of inflicting speed down for two turns. This ability's cooldown is reduced by two if the target is suffering any negative status effects. Gosh darn it. I did physical damage, so it automatically makes me think of a basic but i gotta be scared because like we just saw t3 had special damage on his basic so you never know um so dispel so dispel i'm thinking of a couple characters like shakti which is not shakti because she provides offense up yep um not I, I luke confirm things <laughs> not luke um 
gosh darn it. Dispo, dispo, dispo. Yeah, so I think it does four very specific things. Damage, yeah. dispel, 50% chance of inflicting speed down for two turns. And then, so that's three things. And then the ability's cooldown is reduced by two if the target was suffering any negative status effects. That cooldown, that's the part that I'm thinking. I'm trying to think who provides like a cooldown reduction for status effects. And it's, it's um, only in that move. And it's only in that move. Yeah. You're not reducing like the cooldowns of your entire team or the other characters' abilities if they have them. Oh, it's for the its own character, correct? Yep, yep. So say it one more time. Deal physical damage to target enemy with and dispel all buffs on them with a 50% chance of inflicting speed down for two turns. This ability's cooldown, so th this ability, this exact one, is reduced by two if the target is suffering any negative status effects. Chat's not getting very far on this one either. I want to say what I think it is. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be so mad. Or right, I'm going to go with my gut because I've talked myself out of wrong answers before. And I, not 100% this is right either. Is it Wampa? It is not Wampa. God dang it. Okay. That, that would really suck if we did Wampa though in the faction. I, oh, actually, you know it would be it would be immediate because if we if we have to say dark side, you already know who it is. Actually, I can yeah, say, yeah, because game guard the scoundrel. All right, so faction no, it... <laughs> resistance. Gosh darn it! Okay, so think about it again. Is it physical damage, dispel, uh -huh. speed down, reduces the cooldowns if they had a negative status effect. Oh my goodness. Mm. I'm like trying to run through these guys like basics. I'm not even sure if it's a basic. Um, I am going to say gosh darn it. Mm. Who has a dispel? Dispel damage speed down. Is it? No, it's not that. I'm trying to think who has speed down. I'm like trying to run it, run it through my head. It's not you. Is this? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm gonna kick. Point. I'm gonna kick myself if it's wrong. All right. All right. Is it? Oh man. I'm gonna go. I'm so sorry, Tilo. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna be so bad too. Like, this is very specific, like you said, too. Ugh. This is not a good game for me. I overthink everything. I'm just going to say 
Let's expose. Uh, let's say Scavenger Ray. It is Resistance Trooper. It's Resistance Trooper. Yep. God dang it. It was between him and her, but I was like, doesn't he have Expose? His basic has an Expose. I think his basic has like a 50% chance to Expose or something. 65. And that was Hardcore? Because that's a good number. What is it? Is it special? Yeah, it's a special. Yeah, so... Rokaren actually made a really good made a really good point. Um, if you if it's reducing its own cooldowns, it's probably it has to be a special because basics never have cooldowns. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think of that. Oh man, that's garbage. <laughs> Who right. got it right? Um, so nobody got it right before we gave resistance, and then once we said resistance, a slew of people got it right. Okay, so I feel uh, half better. <laughs> All right, so I actually, I guess I'll, I'll put it in after that. So we still have one more. We have the fan entries, which again, if you anyone wants to join the Discord server and you want to give us your own kit description, today we'll be we, we will be reading off Atlantis's. Um, one of one of us will have the chance to get an extra point here. And bonus thing, if it's your question, you automatically get this point free for the the competition. So I'm trying to remember who. Um, deal physical damage. I'm looking at it from last one. Deal physical damage. I think it was you last time, right? We started with you and then went to me and we both missed it. Yeah. That sounds about right. Alright, so you want to read this one to me? Yep. Let me... Whose was it? Uh, this time? Oh, I see it. I see it, I see it. It's like, this is, yeah, I, I mark all of them the whack so I, we don't repeat any of them. All right. All oh, allies cover up chat. Oh, gosh. My bad. Yeah, we both have to do okay. it for this one. I know. Imagine if they get it right after I said that first sentence, our first couple words. Hey, sometimes <laughs> chat's like that. All allies have plus 50%. Or, let me read it over. All allies have plus 50 defense and a 50% chance to gain defense up for three turns whenever okay. they are damaged. Okay, so like barely any characters in the game give flat stats. Like that is very rare. Um, yeah, I only I only have one guess of something of a character that gains um or that gives out a defense up as a buff. I, I'm just, I'm just gonna go for it. I'm not gonna think about it. Clone Wars Chewie. Well, let me look. Let me look. Yep, got him. You guys died. Clone Wars <laughs> Chewie lead. Thank goodness you got it because I would have been stuck there for a minute too. I mean, it's like, what was the, okay, so I get, the last time I used Clone Wars Chewy lead was, um, there was a conquest, this is a long time ago, this might, this might have been Boba Conquest, where you had to get defense up, and I would use Clone Wars Chewy lead JMK, and you would get it in, like, one try, because it was constant. I've never farmed a shard for Clone Wars Chewy. Uh, I haven't met seven stars though, so thank you, CG. But <laughs> I have never ever used them. I think he's still at gear one for me. All right. So that being said, I am going to be posting today's date. Um, so seven eleven. That's a fun number. And then people, you can go in there. And again, there's descriptions for this. Uh, you can go in there and award whatever emote to it of the amount of points you got. Peace out. Congratulations, three Clone Wars Chewy. Yeah, it looks like quite a few people got it, and a lot, a lot of them got it because specifically of the conquest feat that I had mentioned. Um, yeah, it looks like Kanak got it, the Wolf got it, 
uh doofing mentioned it there's probably some more as well it looks like i think dj yeah dj got it as well i think he got it first oh well, actually no wow prime force why wow, a lot of people there all right cool oh, um so tilo that does bring us to the last part of our show now there as you've been telling me there have been a lot of developments in star wars in general uh, the biggest one being shadows of the sith which i believe is a new book that takes place between revenge of the sith and the force awakens is that correct or am i wrong i look like i'm wrong no return of the jedi and um between return of the jedi and force awakens so it's 17 years after return of the jedi okay okay that did i say something different i might have said something different <laughs> revenge of the sith i was like oh did i say revenge of the sith <laughs> ah crap yeah. all right yeah so butchered that one um all right anyways continue to though all right, so uh, this was a really, really big book. Uh, this one was really cool. We're not going to talk spoilers tonight just because Calvin hasn't read it. And, and I probably uh, actually I know probably, will. Yeah, and, and most people haven't read it, but this book is really, really good. So if anybody likes the sequel trilogy and was maybe a little bit... It's a big question. Not, yeah, exactly. Maybe not the biggest fan of episode nine. This covers a lot of information that was in episode nine that was a little bit ambiguous. Uh, one of the things being in there, you get information about Ray and her parents, especially her father. So you get a little bit of his early life. You get what exactly the events that led to him leaving Exegol and um, finding his wife, aka Ray's mother, and their events to escape Ochi of Bastoom. So Ochi Bastoon was a character in episode nine. We actually see a skeleton and a little quick glimpse of him, but he's a heavy player in this. He's also in a couple comic books as well, but really, really cool story. You actually get the name of Ray's father and mother. So her mother is Mirmir and her dad is Dayton. So it, and the name for Ray's father is really cool, especially when you get down into the book. You, you see that he, I don't know, if I want to say, I'm going to leave that one for you guys, but really cool stuff. That's one of the subplots in it. Another big plot with it is obviously its cover has Luke as well as Lando. Yep. So Lando is in an interesting position. So this isn't a spoiler because it's been in a couple books now, even in the movies, they touched on it before. So this is about, I want to say 10 years after his daughter was kidnapped. So he's been on the search for his daughter. Daughter, The trail's gone cold. Um, the, the heroes from the OG trilogy, Luke, Leia, and Han and Chewie, they all helped Lando look for his daughter, and it's not a happy ending. They have not found his daughter. He's constantly looking for her. At the time of the beginning of the book, he's a little bit of a drunk and a gambler. He resorts to his, basically his early life. And, um, and you see why he gets involved with the situation between Bray's parents and tries to help them out and then eventually he gets luke involved because they're dealing with the sith and that's connection with ochi of bastoon so really cool development between them you learn a lot of cool information um all the way going back to the clone wars ochi was a jedi hunter we we gets that name drop like in episode cad nine bane type of deal yeah it, worse than cad bane like this guy has gone toe-to-toe -to -toe with mace windu um toe-to-toe -to -toe with some heavy heavy hitters so even even fights Luke in the book a couple times, but really really cool character. But a lot of interesting stuff, um, a lot of interesting characters in this. You, obviously, you get those characters. You get a Ben's in it, Ray obviously, Anakin Skywalker, 
Sif. I'm going to leave that amb ambiguous, but a lot of cool stuff. It's definitely, if you guys were going to read one book this year, this is probably my top choice for you guys to read. Really, really cool stuff. It reminds me of Catalyst to Rogue One, where Catalyst was basically what its name is. It's a catalyst to Rogue One, and it helps grow the story even further. Hmm. Yeah, so I, I obviously we can't talk spoilers, which is probably a lot of yeah. it, but this does interest me a lot because there's, so right now we are hitting really hard, and by we I mean Star Wars at large, hitting really hard the time between episode three and episode four. I, there, there's a word for it too, like the Empire's Rising or something, I, I don't remember the actual, there, there's, a ter there's a term for this era. And that's what's being hit really hard right now to kind of can make the connection between the prequel trilogy and the original trilogy, which is cool. I like it a lot because, you know, those are my two favorite trilogies out of the three. I think at some point, and it might not be in that too much of a distant future, we are going to be shifting once people start to come around in the sequels. And I'll be honest, like, I'm starting to like the sequels a lot more than I did when they first came yeah. out. The... Uh, the good aspects are starting to grow on me. Um, I know that there's a lot of issues with the plot, <laughs> which is hard to come around on. Because, and I, if I can, if I talk to you, one of the OG fans from my guild, they'll be like, the same way that they talk about the prequel trilogy is the same way that I might talk about the sequel trilogy. And I think that they're starting to come around. Eventually, I would love to see eventually, not right now. But eventually that era really grow into filling a lot of those gaps. And I'm curious, though, and I don't need to say any spoilers, but how much they try to do right by Legends. Because that's something they're getting really right right now between the, the, the prequel and the original. Is they're bringing a lot of very good Legends stuff in that was essentially thrown out when Disney bought things. Like the, the pinnacle of that probably being Thrawn. Um, but I'm... Yeah, I, I want to see. I want to see more of that later era. So I will say this, just because it's nothing to do with the the plot of the story, but I, I'll, I'll say this: so you do see Ray's father on Exegol, and in that time, you see that some of the Sith Eternal, some of the cultists, are mentioning Sith. They are mentioning some big hitters from Legends, like um, the uh, uh, Revan gets yep. mentioned. Yep. Uh, so this isn't the first time Revan gets mentioned, but it's nice to see him get, get Revan again. And then you also get to see um, Nar, Nar Shadaur. Um, oh my gosh. And there's a couple other Sith too. I'm totally blanking, but he he go, he names Plagueis. He names tons of Sith. So it, it's, re, it's really cool that they're tying into stuff. I even, heard, like when I was listening to the book, because I listen to it on audio book, because I usually do it while I'm at work, but they even mentioned a T3. I mean, not T3, uh, a shorty. So I don't know it exactly the the way they really? mentioned it was a little bit weird, but you definitely hear the 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 call sign for a shorty. They mentioned the character that was created in Galaxy of Heroes. Yeah, it was weird. It was only it was really quick. I even rewinded it because I was like, I don't know, it could be something else. But they definitely mentioned it. <laughs> like the exact droid model, like 5-0-R-T-Y or whatever it is. And and I honestly, I think something big is going to happen with, um, with, what do you call it? Legends, especially Revan. Because even in the other book that I'm reading right now, they're go they're, they even mentioned HK. And, and that's the Brotherhood book with Anakin and Obi-Wan. 
So they mentioned HK and they also mentioned a droid, not T3, but I, it was the same exact call sign as T3, just the, the first initial was changed. So I have a funny feeling that they're eventually going to drop something with Revan. Yeah, I mean, so that's, yeah, and the, I mean, Legends did this. Legends did, um, they did a really good job of tying together the old Republic with modern stuff with Luke. I mean, I think we, we saw that a lot with a lot of the Sith that kept kind of coming back. Um, but it would be, I would really love to see, and we, we've talked about this before, of kind of like a, an MCU type of deal where they do several like standalone stories kind of all around the Star Wars universe. And then if they can at some point pull them together, Revan's a big hitter though. Like that's a, I mean, it would make sense. We knew, but like you said, we knew from the graphic novelization of like the, there were apparently different Sith legions and there were, there were a lot of Sith mentioned from the force unleashed that we saw as well as there were, there were more than, there was one more than one from the old Republic. You saw Darth Revan. I don't remember the others, but, uh, Nihilus was on the on their little statue too. There was okay. like Revan, Nihilus, Malgus, or was it Malgus or Malik? One of them. I do not know. But they were on that little statue that they that was supposed to be one of the main things that Ben sees on Exegol. Hmm. Alright, well, yeah, yeah but that's very cool. Um, cool facts from the book. Uh, not life changing too. So I just wanted to bring these out. Satine is the one that gave Obi Wan Kenobi the name Ben. She actually called him Ben, and we get the that dropped in the book. Um, I think as well we, as I think we knew that in the Clone Wars, actually. I wasn't hundred percent sure if not. Um, another thing is we do get the name of Luke's Jedi Temple, the planet that it's on. We didn't get it mentioned in Boba Fett, but it's Osis. Osis okay. is the planet, and it has some ties to Legends as well. Um, for anybody that's going to read the book, this book ties into a lot of external books and comic books and TV shows. Obviously, Mando, um, Book of Boba Fett, they they have a couple stuff in common with this book. When you read it, if you've seen those series, you'll definitely get it. Uh, Rise of Skywalker novelization, that one's pretty key because they talk about the strand casting and a couple other stuff. Um, the Vader run of, from the comic books, uh, 2020 or 21 so last year's run you get the introduction of Ochi Bastoon. he's really heavily involved in this and even their even their interaction in the uh, in in the comic book is heavily influenced on this book so that aftermath interludes with the acolytes of the beyond that that one is pretty heavily in this book and lastly it's the Lando miniseries comic book so this book has to deal with a lot of Sith artifacts. And if you read the Lando series, Lando is well introduced to Sith artifacts and uh, you get an idea of what they are able to do too in that series as well. Is there going to be, this is funny, is there going to be any tie-ins with the Resistance cartoon? <laughs> <laughs> Not that I know of yet, but... <laughs> I, I only ask that because somewhere in the second season... They have a so dumb. Um, they go to a Sith temple, like that. Like that's the only little bit of lore that ever happens in like the entire yeah. Resistance series. Is they go to a Sith <laughs> temple, and I think they. I want to even say they have an interaction with the Sith holocron. So I don't know if like one of the pilots is going to show up and be like, "Here, Lando, here's this," and then you know, peace out. If you like Sif and if you like holocrons, if you like relics, like this is your book. 
They're, they don't hold back. And this is something that I was really excited for because we don't really get that in Disney Star Wars. So for them to start branching into this, it gets me excited for some of the future projects that they're probably going to be bringing out. Also, thank you, Gridden, for the raid. Uh, just for any all raiders, we are talking. We're currently in the middle of our Matt Awesome podcast. If you'd like to see the entire show, you can find us on Spotify or iTunes, uh, the Matt Awesome show. But right now, we're in the, our pretty much last segment talking about things from Star Wars in general. Tilo is giving us the, the brief rundown of Shadows of the Sith, which is a really new, cool book that happens between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. <laughs> Make sure to get that right. Um, but Tilo, you, you said there were some other developments now. I think maybe some more more rumors that are happening on in the Star Wars world. Um, yes. So one of the big rumors out right now is for everybody that likes Starkiller, and this one's kind of divided the community a little so bit. So everyone they, ever. Yes, but this has divided the community a little bit. So there's heavy rumors that Christian Bale is oh. in talks to be Starkiller. Oh, so why? some of the, that that's the rumor right now. Supposedly it's it's pretty legitimate. Oh, that's dumb. I, I I don't know how I feel. Christian that's Bale like, is an awesome actor. That's like getting Chris Pratt to play <laughs> Obi Wan when E One's available. Like, <laughs> it, it's just a rumor. I was gonna and say that, that would... has to be Sam. Like, there's no. He, it, I, I, I don't know. I would that. only accept that if he was dead. <laughs> like, he loves Star Wars. He would do that in a heartbeat. Yeah, I, I don't know what's going on with this. Uh, Sam Whitbird. He still looks the way he looked in the game. Oh, yeah. He, I think he would do awesome in live action. But at the same time, it's freaking Christian Bale. Like, this dude is an OG. Like, he's a I don't good want actor, him. too. So, I don't know, man. I, I haven't seen the Love and Thunder, the new uh, Thor movie. I, From what I've heard, he's awesome as Gore. And Gore's a really cool character from the comics as well so if he's able to do something like that possibly i would be down with it i i, I don't like want he... star killer in live action if it's if it's not sam whitwer i i don't like it is just because it's so it's so easy like he loves star wars he still does stuff with disney like he's he was the voice of yeah. maul like he's he's very much a part of the current lucasfilm thing even if they wanted like an older version I don't know. like the age sam whitwer like, don't do not give me Christian Bale a Star Killer. Do not. You don't even have to de-age Sam Whitmer. The dude looks exactly the same. He did. Well, I mean, if they want to do an older <laughs> version of, I'm pretty sure Christian Bale's older than Sam, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if if you want to do an old Star Killer, that's fine. Just you know, put some makeup on Sam Whitmer and we'll call it a day. Like I had no issue with de-aged Hayden or non-de-aged de-aged Hayden Christensen. Um, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I think I've already expressed it, but I, I do not want Christian. I don't want anyone a Starkiller that doesn't name Sam Witwer. Yeah, so that's the the rumor right now. And obviously for this chat alone, you can see how the community is acting. Some people are all about it. Some Why are you all are about little... that? You're wrong. I'm, I'm, not, all, I'm not all about it. Not you, Tilo. Just those people. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with either way. I just want to see a live action Starkiller. I would, obviously, he's not going to be as powerful as he was in the video games, but I think it would be really cool. and. I, I've enjoyed the TV series, and that's what the talks are about. Possibly a TV series. I wouldn't mind like a subtle nod to the powers he had. Like, so the pulling the start star destroyer out of the sky is—I don't know. I, they could they could maybe go get kind of close to it, honestly. Um, 
they could get kind of close to it because Starkiller, a, a lot of what his purpose was, or one of the things that the developers wanted to do for that game, was to kind of show what Luke would have been like had he been with Vader yeah. since day one. If he, if Luke was trained with Vader and trained in the dark side from a very young age, he would have been that powerful. The only thing that's holding me back from maybe it's a good idea that it's Christian Bale is when people see Starkiller and see uh, Sam Whitworth, you already, I can already hear Star Wars fans complaining on that. He's not as powerful as he was in the game, even though most of us already know he can't be that powerful, but you know, they're going to complain. You got to compromise though. You got to compromise. Like we we see that with all the, the Star Wars stuff that's come out. Like, and you know, Star Wars fans, they do not compromise, though. On no, they, they don't, but they need to get over themselves, and that's me included. I will not do Christian Bale, though. I'm not compromising on that. Yeah, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if it even comes to talks. Uh, this isn't the first time that Christian Bale has actually been in talks. He was actually in talks um, all the way back to episode two to be Anakin. So he, he's he's got some Star Wars baby pedigree, so we'll see if they do anything with him. And he's already got Disney in his bag too with the new Thor movie. So I could definitely see something. I'm okay with, with Christian coming and doing something. Like he can be like a few people in chat are saying like he could be Revan. Like Revan's a really big character. He can be Revan. Uh, like I'm fine with that. Like that's, that's okay. No, he, he can't be Revan. It's gotta be Keanu Reeves. Uh, Keanu Reeves is my Revan. <laughs> I don't like, I don't, I don't really care. Like uh, Keanu Reeves would probably be better. Sure. Um, but I can see Christian Bale maybe being a young Palpatine. I think that would be kind of cool. Or even the, I always forget his name, the guy that plays Loki. He might even be better. Oh, Tom Hiddleston? Tom Hiddleston yeah. would, be a good, would be a good young Sheev. I yeah. I don't like some of the, I don't <laughs> love a lot of these really big name actors coming in though because I, I don't want to look at Sheev and think Loki, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. But the only thing with Christian Bale is he's a Christian Bale can actor. move, can change his appearance really easily. He's done it a lot. It, yeah. That machinist, when he's in that one, that's absolutely insane. Like, that dude is super skinny. And he's also gotten fat before, too. He's he's joined the big boys club. <laughs> yeah, so I, I'd be okay with him. Um, just, there's only, there's, one, there's only one star killer. And if Sam Whitworth, for some completely weird reason, didn't want to do it, I don't even, I don't want to see him in live action. I don't. Like, I, I, I will, I'm fine. I'm fine never seeing Starkiller in live action if I can't have Sam. I'm being a real butt about this, yeah. but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick to this. <laughs> I feel you. <laughs> All right, well, All right. now that I've rampaged like a true Star Wars fan, <laughs> I think we're probably gonna call it a day here. So You're missing the best part. Oh Star Wars something dude. else. What's the best oh, part of Star Wars? Yeah, we, oh, oh your so, yeah, your thing. Go for it. So Obi-Wan Kenobi. So there's two things for Obi-Wan Kenobi. Um, the first thing is they have a super cut of the whole Obi-Wan se- uh, series. So it's two hours and 18 minutes, but honestly, it's the only way I'm ever going to watch Kenobi. I'm not going to watch all six episodes. I'm going to watch this two hour and 18 minute cut of Kenobi. Uh, it was a guy from a guy named Kai Patterson. This is amazing. I don't know if you got a chance to watch this or not, Calvin. I, I haven't. Um... I have my own supercut. I didn't make it, but someone I, I I watched the four hour version that someone else put together, and they they like changed a few things up here and there. And honestly, so I 
I said this before the series came out, and I kind of stick to it. I do think I do think his version flows better. He cut out a lot of the clunkiness, but at the same time, like I'll I'll watch Obi Wan piddle around in the desert for four hours. I'll I'll, I'll stick to my four hour version. This one was really good though. I, I I enjoyed it a lot. I'm gonna try to get the link for you guys to throw this down in chat. Is this contraband? I, I, Okay, hit me up on Discord, all right? Because this might get taken down. <laughs> no, you can post it here. Though. I don't think, I don't no, think Twitch chat is a way to save things. I'll just pick an ATL. You can post it. Hit me up on Discord if you want to see it. But again, Tilo, bootleg Tilo is going to hit you up with some good stuff. But um, I, I really like it a lot, and it basically showed me that the the series had a lot of fluff in this, and I didn't realize watching it from day to day or from week to week, but man, like this two hour, like comp- uh, two hour cut really just gives you the full series in two hours. Like it just goes to show you how much fluff was in this series. Like I heard him. So I, I didn't want, I haven't watched it. I probably should, but I heard him talk about it. You know, the person who did this and yeah. he cuts out and he cut, he cut out a lot of the, uh, a lot of the scenes that were constantly putting Reva down or like where she was just kind of walking around. Like he tried to make, he tried to only put in the actual menacing scenes of her. So it supposedly it fixed her character a little bit. Yes. But yeah. Just, just cut out a lot of like the, the transitional scenes that nothing was really happening. The, the, he even does little cuts too, like the original um, Nari, the Jedi that's on Tatooine that, uh, sorry, spoiler alerts for anybody, but, Nari, the original Jedi that's on Tatooine, like they instead of just having him like out there like that being hung after he's killed, they cut off his head, which oh, makes it really? even more menacing. Like they do little CGI stuff. Like it was, it's really cool. Like not noticeable stuff. Like, but but it's there. They kind of touch things up a little bit. Trooper, right to to fix the Vader and Obi yes. one scene. I, I remember seeing that. Stormtrooper, he added um, music too. So a lot of the prequel music gets yep. thrown in this too. I, I really, really like the intro as well. Like it was a really, really good seamless cut. Hopefully Disney doesn't take it down, but it's possible. Well, well, I, these things always end up existing. So there's, I don't know his name and I probably shouldn't say it anyway, but there is a guy on prequel, on the prequel memes uh, subreddit who every single time a new Star Wars content comes out, he always makes super cuts. He doesn't. I don't think he's trimmed one down to this extent, but like he, he made a mega cut. So he did. He did one for this as well. But he made a mega cut for Revenge of the Sith, where he put in, he mixed it in chronologically with the Siege of Mandalore, and it's really stinking cool. And his, his stuff has existed for years now. Yeah. I probably probably at least five years, and he has it kind of hidden in a way that it can't really get taken down the way he's got it. And I, I've always really liked his stuff. Yeah, it's really good. Even Mary J is saying it in chat. The rescores the final battle. They do, they do Duel of the Fates. So it just, it, I don't know, it just hits so much harder. Like, I really, really like it. I, Plus, I, it's going to give me a... Huh? I'd like to see it too, just because the, the four-hour cut I have, while I do enjoy it, it it does kind of feel slow because it's it's meant to a lot of the filler space is meant to fill out the episodes but if you're watching it in one sitting you don't want filler stuff no and, and this is perfect for me because my wife is not about star wars <laughs> but i can get her to watch a two-hour movie like uh we recently just watched rrr 
<laughs> all I got to say is, like, hey, movie night, let me just put something on. And <laughs> she's going to watch it. So uh, series is a little more tough to kind of slide her way. I mean, I'll, I'm, I, I agree for you, brother, but man, Baby Yoda <laughs> did wonders for me. It made, made my life very, very easy. Not me. My life is hard. <laughs> all right. And last thing. So speaking of Kenobi, the the original screenwriter of the Kenobi series. Oh, yeah. So this is back in 2017. So they originally was going to make this a movie. This is why a lot of people said there was a lot of like empty space in the series because they kind of stretched things out. So I'm going to just tell you guys a little bit brief of what the movie had differently than what we got out of the show, which was really, really cool. So speaking of Reba first, or Reba, or Reba, yeah, she was going to be the only Inquisitor. So, how'd you feel about that? If she was the only Inquisitor in the Kenobi movie, um, it would probably be fine. I don't. It probably would have made things a lot simpler, to be honest, too. And that's kind of how we get introduced to Inquisitors in other mediums. It's typically not a large group, other than you know the Mall Slaughter in Rebel Season Two, but. Yeah, like season one of Rebels was just the one. Um, what's his face? I guess there were technically two in Death Honor. I would have been fine with just one. Like we we already have the context of Inquisitors. And in in his reasoning, he said in the, the interview was that he didn't want to step on any toes in Rebels because the Grand Inquisitor had already been established, and a couple of these other Inquisitors, including like Fifth Brother. So he would he wanted to make it just Reva. That way, it's just that Inquisitor that we deal with. And um, it was also going to be interesting that she was not going to have the information that Anakin was Vader. So it was going to change things pretty significantly in the story. That information actually was going to be given to her by Obi-Wan in one of their last duels. So that was going to make for probably something that I would have enjoyed a little bit better because I don't know how I feel how Reva knows that Anakin is Vader. Yeah, because that they end up using that in a really big way. And I, again, that whole story is just so clunky. It just... Again, I like the Obi-Wan series a lot, but it that was... I don't even have a solution. It just could have done better, though. Yeah, and, and that actually ends up being one of the big, like, changing points in her character in the original movie. She was actually supposed to be blaming the Jedi Council instead of Anakin. So all her hatred and the reason her becoming an Inquisitor was towards the Jedi Council, allowing them to basically be able to get slaughtered like that. But by Obi-Wan letting her know that it was Anakin, the one that led the clones and led the original Order 66, then she kind of does the flip. And then she ends up helping Obi-Wan escape Vader's clutches. And at the end of it, she tells Vader that she's the one that kills Obi-Wan. And this is where we get almost similar scene where Vader stabs Reva, but this time she actually dies. She does not live on. And he tells her basically like, you stole my kill. So he thinks that Obi-Wan is dead. But at the same time, he kills Reva because she's the one that did it. I can see a lot of people complaining about that too because in episode 4, yeah. when Vader feels Obi-Wan, there's not a shadow of a doubt in his mind that it is Obi-Wan. With him being dead or not, he, like, you know, Tarkin's like, no, he's probably gone. Like, don't worry about it. And Vader's like, oh, no, no, this is happening. He's here. Yeah. 
Um, another cool thing that I saw from the interview was uh, Tamar Morrison was actually supposed to be a really big factor in the Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. Oh, he was going to play multiple characters. So uh, Reb- Reva was going to have, I keep on saying Reva, Reva, I'm going in between. But um, she was supposed to have like an elite guard of stormtroopers with her, similar to like the U.S. Marshals. And uh, like they were going to be... I don't know. I don't know if it's more similar to like Scar uh, Scar Squadron in the comic books. I don't think they were supposed to be purge troopers. They sound very like some, a new concept. So they were supposed to be with her hunting, um, hunting down the yeah, like like Mary Mary J says, like Infer- Inferno Squadron, but with old clone troopers instead of um, individuals. Okay. And they were supposed to hunt down Obi-Wan Kenobi. He was also going to play Cody, too. And Cody would have been very different in canon if he if they were going to make the movie. Obviously, Cody's in the new Bad Batch series, Hunting He's Down Bad be, Batch. Yeah. yeah, but in this one, he would have actually tracked down Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan would have thought that he was there to kill Obi-Wan. And he basically tells him that he removed the inhibitor trip. And that Obi Wan needs to be a little bit more careful because he was able to track down Obi Wan. I read about that scene. Yeah, and that that other people could too. He ends up being a guardian that helps Obi Wan look after Luke, especially when Obi Wan has to leave, which I think would have been awesome too, especially to establish that Cody survived. And not only that he survived, he kept Obi Wan company during Tatooine. How'd you feel about that one? Um, I'd be okay with it. I do. I don't want to. So one of the things I liked about the series is they kind of showed Obi-Wan's, or rather Ben's, PTSD of, like, his large difficulties getting over everything that happened. Yeah. I don't... That would have been harder to get that kind of payoff with him, you know, going back to the initial hope of Luke and Leia, if he had support the entire time. Like, he had, you know, one of his arguably closest friends with, with him there. I... There, there would have been parts that I would have liked. I would have liked to have Cody back, sure. Um, especially with Obi-Wan. But I, I think it would have messed a little bit with that character development. I can definitely see it. I, I think I would be both ways on it. Like, to see him with Obi-Wan would have been cool. But at the same time, like, hunting Obi-Wan and the Jedi would have been cool, too. One of the scenes that got revealed during the interview was that they would be getting rid of, rid of Stormtroopers' bodies uh, that they ended up having to kill in the Sarlacc pit. So imagine Obi-Wan and Cody throwing some Star Troopers in the Starlight Pit. I want to see that. <laughs> and that would be, I guess, the plug-in to Book of Boba Fett. Yeah, so... And, and a lot of this stuff sounds like it, they use some of these concepts into other stuff. Um, and lastly, uh, one of the big things that we saw in the series was Obi-Wan facing the fact that he did wasn't fully connected to the Force. Yep. Uh, the show does its job of letting us know but in the movie, it would have been more of like a main plot point that he can't really use the forks because he's cut off from it. So he goes to basically the path and he finds some of these Jedi refugees. And one of the Jedi refugees ends up showing them to a place. They they call the force something different, very similar to like Rogue One, where there's different churches of the force. And he gets reestablished to the force. But in doing so, he sees a vision. And this is probably one of the coolest parts that they cut out from this that I really wish that we would have saw. So he gets taken back all the way back to Mustafar and he sees a cloak figure with a red lightsaber. 
he automatically assumes that it's Anakin, so he's calling out for Anakin. He's like, Anakin, Anakin. And the cloak figure turns around, and it's not Anakin. It's Luke. So you see Luke with a red lightsaber, Sif eyes and everything, looking back at Obi-Wan. And at that point, he really... It shows Obi-Wan that, one, he needs to have the Force, and two, he needs to stop Luke from becoming his father. And I think that would have been a really powerful scene if they would have kept it in the show. Oh, I just I just got chills all up and down my body right now. That would have been... Because that, that was my thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, he's going to turn around and it's going to be Vader. Lame. We Plot twist <laughs> we, we figured out like 40 years ago. And he said it turns around exactly. as Luke. I'm like, oh, that would be... Well, it would be cool to see, but also... It, it it would be kind of a shock to reality as well. Like he's he has the same potential to end up just like Anakin, and the only real thing that's going to stop him is you. Yeah. So I don't I don't know. I really would. One thing they would have kept from it, even if they don't keep Cody, if they would have kept that scene, I think that would have been one of the most iconic scenes from the show if they would have kept that in there. And they've been missing around with Mark Hamill a lot. And the, the, the concept for dark Luke has been a fan favorite for a very long time. And yeah. that, that would have been cool. I, yeah. That out of all the things you mentioned, I would have liked to have seen that just also just because like, that doesn't really change the story that much A vision. No, no, it's a powerful vision. Cause it teaches him not only a, like one lesson, it teaches them too. Like he needs to have the force to be able to protect Luke. And at the same time, he needs to protect him from becoming what his father was. And that's the ultimate thing that Obi-Wan's there on Tatooine to do, to protect him from the Sith and yep. stop him from the next Anakin. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah, yeah. that would have, that they messed up on that one, Aaron. <laughs> yeah, they did. But that's it. That's the main things from the interview. I just thought it was kind of cool. Um, I know they they've done this before. I uh, know Cal or I was gonna say Calvin, uh, the guy that directed Jurassic, the guy that directed Jurassic Parks had his script leaked. So this is it new to Star Wars, but it's always fun to see what could have been. That would have been cool. <laughs> Calvin's gonna be in his feelings all night. He's well, like, I wanted that. <laughs> yeah, because like I've heard about some of these other ones. Like I heard about Cut. I'm like, oh, that would have been cool, but you know, would have messed with this or. Reva dying, I'm like I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to sound pessimistic. I don't care about Reva. Like what, what happens with her? She gets a series. I'll watch it. Cool, whatever. Um, but dang, that would have been because uh, I, I totally watched it. I would, I, they could have done it in a way too, where if you like had like a hood, so that it really looked like Anakin, or like it maybe even looked a little bit like Vader from behind, um, be, with all being black or something around. Oh, that would have been sick. And and that's what he said. Like Obi Wan's literally calling Anakin. He's like Anakin, Anakin. And then nope, it's Luke. Oh. Especially especially <laughs> to see because I don't think we've ever seen this. We've never seen this before. Mark Hamill and Ewan McGregor together. Yeah, no, I don't think so. No, only um, Alec Guinness and Luke. Yeah, no. no Ewan no, McGregor, uh, whoever that baby was. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or that little kid. Yeah, the little kid. Yeah, oh, it's, it's probably a better comparison, but... <laughs> All right, Tilo, thanks. I, I, I want to thank you, but at the same time, I, I feel kind of bad now. Like, I want that. <laughs> I know. That would have been awesome, too. I think I would have bought a hot toy if they had that. Oh, yeah, that would have been, been a good ploy for them, but... 
Alright, so that being said, I'm going to go ahead and get a raid started here for Swamp Grass. It looks like he's going right now. Hopefully he's not towards the very end of it. Um, but yeah. Thanks for watching, everyone. Tila, do you have any words that you would like to say before we officially hit the raid button? Um, I'm going to jack Calvin saying, stay mad awesome. <laughs>